Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Good evening, folks. Hope you're all well on this Saturday evening. Roy here with you until 7 p.m. tonight. And we have a packed show coming away over the next 60 minutes. Going to get reaction from Ireland's win over Fiji today. But the only rugby game I want to talk about is Munster's win over South Africa A on Thursday night. What a night that was down in Porky Cueve. Going to hear from our coach Graham Rountree a little bit later on. Munster legend Moss Finn will be joining me a little bit later as well to discuss that and Ireland's win over Fiji today. Also on the show this evening, we are going to talk to Cork goalkeeper Martina O'Brien, the four-time All-Ireland winner, is hanging up her gloves after a career in between the sticks for Cork. I'm also going to look ahead to Nemo and Clamwell commercials in the Ulster Championship tonight. That's all to come between now and 7 o'clock right here on the Big Red Bench. You can join us on the bench this coming this coming Saturday, this current Saturday. I'm off to a great start. I might as well just go for a nap. All right, we're going to rock through everything. We've got a busy, busy show for you today. Just a word as well. Um, the latest general results are out. The figures for the big red bench have gone up. They've gone up uh, in a big way since the start of the year. So thanks to each and every one of you uh, for listening to our little sports program right here on Corks. Red FM Corks, number one radio station. We are going to start our wrap up with Ireland's win over Fiji today um, it was grand I suppose I mean like he wasn't the best Ireland performance you're ever going to see they got the win but it wasn't pleasant watching particularly in the second half uh, Ashley O'Reilly was in the Aviva for us and uh, reports it's full time here at the Aviva Stadium Ireland 35 Fiji 17 it was a bit of a shaky start from Ireland conceding a try within the first few minutes through their number 12 Calavetti Ravuvu but Ireland quickly found their rhythm with two tries from Nick Timoney and Rob Balakoon with Joey Carberry's place kicking right on point Ireland started the second half as they left the first dominating possession and winning his first cap Jack Crowley replaced Joey Carberry just a few minutes into the second half after a high tackle on Carberry resulted in a red card for Fiji's Albert Tuasu. Things went from bad to worse for Fiji as they also picked up a yellow card, leaving them with 13 players for that period as Ireland emptied their bench to give as many players as possible an opportunity. Quite a flat second half, which remained scoreless up until the 60th minute. Substitute Craig Casey used his pace and made a super pass to Mack Hansen, who easily found the line and Jack Crowley converted from a tight angle. But Fiji did quickly respond with a try of their own. And it was Keane Healy who powered over the line to get Ireland's final try of the day. And Nick Timoney picked up the player of the match. That's two wins from two from Ireland in the Autumn International Series. Next up, Ireland play Australia here at the Aviva next Saturday. The full-time score, Ireland 35. BG 17. Job, John, we'll talk to Moss about it in a minute, but I think the one o'clock kickoff, it's just, it's always a weird uh, time for a match. The crowd was flat and Ireland were flat as a result. It was just a, yeah, not a great Irish performance, it's uh, fair to say, but they got the, the job done. And Jack Crowley coming on for his Ireland debut and just uh, kicking over conversion as well. Fantastic to see. Ron Regarra tweeting a fantastic photo earlier of um, him with a young Jack Crowley when uh, Jack had uh, gone to meet. Ronan at the RDS it looks like for Ireland training is it an Ireland game not sure O'Gara has the Ireland shirt on anyway fantastic photograph and you can see that on uh, Ronan O'Gara's Twitter um, elsewhere today in rugby and a uh, number of matches are taking place today big bit of a shock Italy beating Australia for the first time in their history 
That's how it finished this afternoon. England had a 52-13 win over Japan. Argentina uh, currently leading Wales by six points. Then France and South Africa has all the ingredients to be an absolute cracker uh, later on this evening. Eight o'clock, the kick-off time for that one. Um, a massive result today in the Premier League. Brentford beating the champions Manchester City with a 98th minute winner. Darren Stanich. Manchester City 1, Brentford 2. A real shock at the Etihad Stadium. And you have to say, Brentford probably deserved this. They dominated early on. Edison kept out on Yeka and Tone before they went in front. A free kick came to Tony, whose looping header beat Edison. City were level at the break as Foden fired home. After the break, City on top. Decent chances for Rodri, Cancelo, Gundogan. Ten minutes of added time and City passed forward for the winner but Brentford hit them on the break De Silva fed Tony who slotted home Man City 1 Brentford 2 yeah Tony left out of the World Cup squad but certainly responding uh, in style today Arsenal have a chance to uh, extend their lead at the top of the table later on today uh, they'll go 5 points clear um, if they can get a win over Wolves in the late game 7.45 the kickoff time for that one of course it's the um, last round of games before the World Cup which starts tomorrow week we talk a little bit more about that tomorrow, but it doesn't feel like a World Cup in, in all at all at all. Uh, elsewhere today, and uh, Liverpool with a 3 1 win over Southampton, Shane Pennington. Liverpool 3, Southampton 1. It's defeat for Nathan Jones and his first match in charge of Southampton. The Jurgen Klopp side proved just too much for the visitors to move up into sixth in the table. Roberto Firmino headed the hosts in front, only to see Che Adams equalise three minutes later. But as soon as Darwin Nunes void home, Harvey Elliott's cross, there was only ever going to be one winner. And the hosts confirmed the three points when Nunes tapped home his second and Liverpool's third three minutes before the break. Liverpool go into the World Cup break then off the back of Four wins on the spin. It's finished Liverpool 3, Southampton 1. Leicester City winning 2-0 away to West Ham. Guy Swindles. West Ham nil, Leicester 2. And Leicester's resurgence after their terrible start to the season continues. James Madison, who's been so key to that revival, gave them the lead in the eighth minute. Poor defending from West Ham. He then had to go off injured. And it did look as if possibly his World Cup dreams could be over. But he did seem much happier at the end of play when he came on, by which time Leicester had scored a second through Harvey Barnes with 12 minutes to go. West Ham have missed a hat full of chances and were booed off at the end. Their skipper Declan Rice shaking his head as he went off. West Ham nil, Leicester two. Cracking game between Tottenham and Leeds today, Ian Beach. It's finished Tottenham four, Leeds three. An absolutely incredible game. 15 minutes before the end of this match, the Leeds United supporters thought they picked up an incredible 3 2 away win, and yet they are going home with their tails between their legs. But they played a part in an extraordinary game. Leeds led three times Somerville, Rodrigo, and Rodrigo a second time, making them 1 0, 2 1, and 3 2 up. Equalisers from Kane, Ben Davis and then Ben Tanker before Ben Tanker scored what proved to be the winning goal and Leeds had Tyler Adams sent off late on for a second yellow card. Extraordinary game of football. Tottenham 4, Leeds 3. That's Tottenham up to third now today. Elsewhere, Nottingham Forest with a 1-0 win over Crystal Palace. Adam Drury. Gibbs White strike gave Nottingham Forest a 1-0 win over Crystal Palace. The Eagles will feel frustrated. They had the chances, but no shots on target. They even won a penalty in the first half, which Will Sahar spooned to the post and wide. The deciding goal came on 56 when Quieter could only push a Johnson strike into the path of Gibbs White, who converted from six yards out. It's a vital win for Forest, who move off the foot of the table. Full time at the city ground. It finished Nottingham Forest 1, Crystal Palace. 
Uh, Nuffles are report um, from the other three o'clock kickoff this afternoon. That was Bournemouth's three uh, 0 win over Everton, which has to be putting Frank Lampard under tremendous pressure now. Um, that sees uh, Bournemouth up to thirteenth. Everton are currently a point above the relegation zone, um, uh, just one point ahead of Nottingham Forest. A great one for Forest today. Um, but could that have been? Frank Lampard's last game in charge of the Toffees it remains to be seen but Everton not performing well at all this season it has to be said um, whatsoever in Scotland and uh, Celtic have gone nine points clear at the top of the Scottish Premiership they've beaten Ross County 2-1 today at Celtic Park Rangers held to a one-all draw with St Mirren at Get It Games the Red FM Division 1 Hurling League final taking place this afternoon at Carrick Tool Black Rock have been crowned champions they've beaten Douglas 22 points to 19 in the AIB Munster Club Senior Football Championship quarterfinal Nemo Rangers facing Clonmel commercials this evening it's in Parky Cueve that's getting underway at 7.15 and as I said uh, we'll be uh, previewing that game in just a little bit in the uh, Munster Club Intermediate Football Championship quarterfinal day victory for Cantorak today over Kildesart of Clare 3.11 to 6 points so that means Cantorak uh, progress to the semi-final they'll face the Kerry Intermediate Football winners either Rathmore or Angueltacht on the weekend of the 26th, 27th of November that will be at a Cork venue Diamond Sullivan meanwhile has been confirmed as part of the new Sarsfields management team he'll work under boss Johnny Crowley along with selectors Joe Barry Darren Keneally and Owen Quigley are all ex-SARS players uh, in football we crap, wrap up all the football but we go back and get a full time report uh, from that uh, Bournemouth win over Everton and uh, reporter David Garrett Gary O'Neill waved goodbye it seemed to the Bournemouth fans and if this was his last game he signed off with a 3-0 win and banished the tag that Bournemouth lose from winning positions after twice throwing away two goal leads to lose recently when Bournemouth went two up perhaps their fans were fearing the worst but they need not have a few days away from the World Cup Jordan Pickford made a howler and dropped the ball at the feet of Marcus Tavernier for the first Wales keeper Moore who will also be going to the World Cup headed a second from close range and after he went off to a standing ovation his replacement Jaden Anthony headed in a third after a sumptuous set-piece cross from Lewis Cook. Everton were rocked by the early Pickford error and they never really got back into the game and there were ugly scenes as players appeared to argue with fans at the final whistle as the away end berated a below-par performance. Frank Lampard went over to try and calm things down. Alex Awobi seemed particularly angry at the end. But Lampard has suffered at a sunny Bournemouth. For him, lightning has struck twice in a few days in League and Cup, even with virtually two different teams, two heavy defeats in a row. The arguments at the end summed up a grim day for the Toffees. But if O'Neill is leaving Bournemouth and it looks likely he is, he goes with the team clear of the drop zone, which is all the fans could have asked for, really. Bournemouth 3, Everton 0. Yeah, this doesn't sound uh, at all good there uh, for Everton and uh, for Frank Lampard. Uh, just lastly, to basketball um, and uh, two uh, Cork sides in action today in the Super League. Energy wise, Ireland Neptune uh, facing DBS in uh, Neptune Stadium at 6 30. Um, all the proceeds from that game, all the game receipts, are, are going to a fundraiser for uh, Gareth Blount, his brother, of course, Jordan. Uh, Ireland International playing for Neptune at the moment. Uh, Gareth has. Uh, was diagnosed with esophageal cancer earlier on this year. He needs treatment to extend his life. Um, the, the GoFundMe, which we will link to, has uh, raised over €100,000 in uh, a couple of days. Um, so fantastic stuff. And um, Jordan posting a very emotional message um, on the GoFundMe page about his brother. Um, it's worth checking out. And... Um, yeah, all the proceeds from that game 
tonight will be going to that fund so it's at half past six uh, in Neptune Stadium and uh, Neptune getting great crowds all season long um, so far so uh, hopefully another sell out there tonight uh, in Portland Cork basketball though beaten today by Mary 90 points to 100 in favour of Mary uh, earlier on today uh, we are going to uh, turn our attentions now to rugby and uh, we're going to talk to Moss Finn he'll join us on the line in just a little bit to talk about uh, Munster's win over uh, South Africa A on Thursday night what a night that was lads and uh, we're going to hear um, from Andy Farlow and Tyg Furlong uh, speaking after today's win over Fiji like always as, as we should be any any test match win is, it should be celebrated especially when you've got three lads making the debut and Tyg captain in the side for the first time so um, delighted that they're able to celebrate in the proper way with the families etc you know on such a momentous occasion for, for them but um, for, for us, as far as the, the performance is concerned, pretty underwhelming. Um, um, yeah, as a, I suppose when you when you look back and you analyse a performance like that, you'll get plenty of learnings out of it. Um, but uh, for for Fiji, being down to 13 men, obviously with a red card and a couple of yellow cards and. You know the the penalty count being 14-10 in our favour. We we should have been a lot more clinical than than, than we were, and I think that's the moral of the story. Really, we we got into the 22 uh, time and time again, and yes, because of illegalities or stops to our nature, we lost our flow, etc. But we wasn't clinical enough uh, by any stretch of the imagination. The squad, and we've all been in camp the, the 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 same length of time, and we're all learning together and. Yeah, no, there's, there's there's no excuses there in that regard. Um, we've, we've been pretty good of late, starting starting well, and our start obviously wasn't the best. And, um, you know, you fast forward to the last play of the game, I was kicking the ball out against 14 men uh, with the scrum, uh, ready to play when the game's already won, probably sums the game up. Uh, how is Robbie Henshaw? Was it his hamstring again? And yeah, it is. He felt his hamstring. Um, he doesn't feel like um, anything was too serious. He felt like he um, uh, cautionally came off in time to, to, to make sure that it's, he's not done any more damage. So we'll just see how it is tomorrow. Uh, Joey and Jimmy? Uh, Joey and Jimmy will obviously go through the protocols, but uh, they seem fine in, in, the, in themselves in the dressing room. Different, yeah, it's definitely different. There's probably stuff added to your prep um, that's just a little bit different, you know. But I've enjoyed it. Um, it's a massive privilege for me um, to get to represent the group on that level, and um, thanks to the boss man, I suppose, for giving me the chance. You know, not many people get to do it. Yeah, stop starts. I think Andy said it there. It's we never really got going and I know there was a lot of penalties and we kicked them all the lot maybe that's something to do we never launched a massive amount but um, it just felt a little bit stop start and as I said didn't get into our flow where we could play uh, multi-phase really I thought he, he I thought he was good yeah, I thought he, he looked like he, 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 uh, he'd have been a presence out there you know he, he, he's certainly not a shrinking violent you know he's um, he backs himself and uh, his first kick into the corner like you know straight, straight into the five meter was was a big test for him as far as his, his character and he, he, he nailed that and he'd won that went dead um, obviously and that, that was brought back but 
he was in the game, you know. He was he was next moment focused, and um, you know his communication is very good, and he's it's uh, a good start for him. We definitely didn't try to start loose, you know what I mean. We wanted to start well, and it was disappointing from that point of view that they bet us so easily around the edge, you know. So um, something we need to work on, really. All right, it's been um, a great week for Irish rugby. The win over South Africa last week. Munster's win over South Africa A on Thursday and Ireland's win over Fiji today to discuss uh, a busy week for Irish rugby. Joined by our good friend Moss Finn. Moss, how are you, sir? Very good, Rory. Um, I have so much to talk to you about Thursday night and I can't wait to get to that. But first, um, we'll talk about Ireland and Fiji today. In a win is a win, but like it wasn't pretty at, at times in the Aviva Stadium, Moss. No, no, it was it was a poor game. It was a trial to try and watch it. But in these games, when you're when you're you know when you're definitely going to beat the opposition, it's a no-win situation, and they are quite athletic and disruptive, you know. And Ireland started, and they weren't up for it. You could see that they weren't up for it. And if you give these guys a head start, they can get their tails up, and they got a wonderful try. And then Ireland decided they'd play, and then fronted up, and then we played a decent little bit of rugby until the until half time. Got a couple of tries, like, but overall, a very, very lacklustre display. Um, Alan Quinlan on commentary was suggesting that the um, the one o'clock kickoff is a factor, I suppose, for the lacklustre start, and I suppose the flat atmosphere that was around the Aviva Stadium for most of the game. Completely flat, in stark contrast to where we were on Thursday night, but the. Um, a, a, a one o'clock kickoff, particularly against Fiji, it, it, it is a flat atmosphere. It wasn't a full house either, and that you know. But the well, had things to play for at the same time. But, but, but ha, ha, notwithstanding that, they're an awkward crowd to play against. You know, and they were offside, and the referee was good. No, in fairness to, him, but they were offside, and they were. We could have had four or five penalty tries, but he didn't quite do it to them. And it was just an awkward encounter. When you when you have to win, or you're supposed to win. It, it makes it very difficult because you're lethargic men- mentally no matter what you say or no matter what the coach does to rev you up you're not really switched on fully for rugby and rugby being an attritional game you need to be on the front foot and up for it but Ireland were flat the crowd was flat the whole day was flat but at least we won Yeah and the second half in particular I mean like I suppose the chopping and changing your, your team doesn't help and uh, Fiji going on to 14 and then 13 that doesn't help and I suppose it's just again just one of those games one of those afternoons and stops that nature of the second half I suppose you can't do much about that no no indeed, indeed not no. One, a couple of pleasing aspects to it alright like this fellow that, that I know this fellow Timoni he's, he's around a while he's got man of the match there he's a fair player now I thought he was good like and Farrell who's a I would consider to be a very clever coach and getting better all the time. He seems to be developing a wonderful panel. And this guy, Tamori, obviously is a good guy who'll come into it. And like you couldn't have enough back rows. You know, you know the way Peter Manny plays and, and these guys play. It's a very attritional place, the back row. And like if we got anything out of today, it's that Tamori is good enough to play open side at international level. And like that, that is a huge plus. The other pleasing factor from a cock perspective, you know, our own perspective, is that Jack Crowley came on for the misfortunate Joy Carberry, but he looked comfortable. He looked at ease at that level, seamlessly slotted a couple of conversions and and looked the part. So Farrell is continually talking about fellas putting up their hand and taking their chances. And I, I think Crowley did that today, you know, and it was it was it was a great baptism for him. So mm. there's a couple of positives and that's what Farrell is looking for. If we could get three or four players extra out of that today, then well no, it's job well done then. You know, the result really doesn't matter. Yeah, um, Joy Carberry went off not uh, long after that red card for Fiji, in which he was absolutely 
floored um, by a high tackle. It looked worse than every single replay pass, didn't it? Yeah, it, it did. And this is what's killing the game, you know. I mean, we won't be pessimistic now about the concussions and all that. We won't go down that road. like. But, like, this type of tackling is what's killing the game. It's what's stopping mummies wanting their kids to play on Saturdays, you know, in Cork Connor and Highfield and Sunday as well. It's, it's just flagrant disregard for rules. And he nearly decapitated him, you know. And I feel sorry for Carberry because... And that's why the emergence of Crowley and these fellas is important because Carberry is a wonderful talent, a consummate footballer, but he is fragile. No, there wasn't a man in the world who would have taken that hit and not stayed on, and stayed on the field. But like, it's it's unfortunate for him. He never seems to get a run at it, you know. Yeah, it certainly is. Um, it's Australia now to come for Ireland to wrap up this uh, series next weekend. Um, Australia beaten today by Italy, a first ever defeat uh, to Italy. So they're going to be. Um, fired up to, to, to put that uh, right next week and I think Ireland just need a convincing win I suppose next week as well Moss to I suppose just wrap things up nicely It would yeah and at least it's a test I mean Australia are, are a world class power they're a, an A level team you know they're they're in the top stream like so it, it will be a test and it'll be very it'll be very interesting to see what Farrell does and my admiration for that man is growing mm. you know, by the second. He he seems to be very clever. And the, the one thing about that Ireland team, every fellow who plays, comes on or substitutes, whatever, they're all, they all seem to be in good humour. And there seems to be a kind of a seamless move into the team. Like he, he seems to have created a very happy camp environment, which is wonderful. And when you consider like that, there's 39 players in camp at the moment and 15 or 16 more injured like he's building a great panel in a happy atmosphere so and I'd be intrigued to see what kind of a combination he'll do for next week but I would be inclined to to probably that he gives young Casey a start you know he he's the seconds from half really to Gibson Park in terms of upping the pace of a game like Gibson Park did last week against South Africa but they don't seem to trust him enough in the bigger matches and if they're not going to trust him then they'll just have to get so have to get someone else you know what I mean so mm-hmm. I'd love to see Casey start against Australia and I, I, I'd like to see you know a couple of other guys I mean Jimmy O'Brien when he came on against South Africa last week was wonderful and he's 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 on the Leinster team now but he's kind of marginalising to put him on the wing and he came in at centre there last week like he looked fantastic you know mm-hmm. Certainly did. And so hopefully, hopefully Farrell will give these fellas a bit of a gallop and not just play the usual. You know? Building very nicely out of the World Cup, Mass, but I suppose it is too early to be getting carried away by it. I wouldn't be getting too carried away, no, absolutely. We're, we're always coming to the peak before, the year before and that kind of thing. But I think Farrell is, is more grounded than that and is a little bit cleverer, more cleverer than Declan Kidney was or Joe Smith was going into World Cups. I, I think he'll be cooler, like without going through the history of but let's say for instance Joe Smith kind of panicked before the World Cup and he didn't he, he I, his name has slipped in but that big second row from Ulster from, from Leinster he, he didn't bring him and it was a very obvious mistake like I think Kidney made a couple of mistakes like it um, Schmidt started Jack you know Jack Carty in the first match against Japan when we were beaten and I think Farrell is more level-headed than that and he won't get carried away with the success we have at the moment and will maintain his level-headedness and a good attitude in the camp going into the World Cup, um, I, I think. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, we have to talk about Thursday Night Moss. It was such a special occasion um, for rugby in Cork on Thursday night. A sold-out Parky Cueve, a tremendous Munster performance, a famous victory, an incredible atmosphere, Thursday night could not have gone any better, could it? 
It couldn't, you know, and the, the like the, the weather tried its best to dampen everything, but the like the, the whole process of the game, the way the game was, the game itself, obviously, but the the whole catering for it, the crowd, the 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 entering, the exiting, the execution of the you know the tickets, and it 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 was just a wonderful place, and it was a great advertisement for Cork, you know, and it's. It going forward, you'd love to see more Heineken Cup matches come there, and we fill in the stadium and Cork City itself, advertising itself and catering for big matches like Toulouse or Toulon or Leicester in, in, in on marquee days, and like it's it's definitely one of the best facilities I have ever been in, and the atmosphere we bought into it. I mean, I've been in Thomond Park a hundred times, but you know the fields of Athenry resonated around Parky Cueve there, which was quite an emotional thing for the likes of me who played rugby and I, I played Gaelic as well and just to see that happening in Cork by the league where we'd seen the likes of Jimmy Barry Murphy and you know Billy Morgan Charlie McCarthy Ray Cummins you know and next you see rugby being played there it was quite emotional and I thought it was absolutely wonderful and reflected very well on Cork and Cork people as supporters the level of enthusiasm and the atmosphere that they created because like we're not like other counties in ways that we you know we have a hurling team we have a football team We've loads of other sports, and now we have rugby filling our stadium. And there was an inclusivity about the other night. I was meeting gaffers, and they were talking to me and bouncing off me, and that. And I just really enjoyed the occasion. It was a wonderful victory for Cork. And you know, I've always been a firm supporter of of Cork rugby, obviously ahead of Limerick rugby. And you'd be sick to the death of hearing that Limerick, you know, it's the home of Munster rugby, and. Like, if you look back over the history of Munster Rugby with the likes of the All Blacks playing in the Mardite, like in 54, South Africa, 59, in Muzzer. We've beaten Australia three times in Musgrave Park. Cork has supplanted Limerick against touring teams. So, I mean, this, this was another great victory for that, and it, I think it put Cork firmly on the rugby map and on the sporting map, and it was wonderful mm. and a great occasion and embraced by everybody in this city from the most ardent GA fan to the most ardent rugby fan. It was, it was a great spread and a great night. You've got to say as well, Moss, that the GA deserve yeah, tremendous credit for opening up the stadium and, and allowing the match to be held there. Without doubt, you know, and like, there's always a great friendship between rugby guys and, and GA guys in, in my lifetime, and I'd be very friendly with a lot, with a lot of them. And it shows, it, it, it was great. It, it showed great maturity, and I think things have moved on, yeah. you know, that just things have moved on, like since... I mean, obviously, we all remember when, you know, Cork voted against Croke Park when they were bringing the match to Croke Park, to, um, when when Park, yeah, when Lansdowne Road was out of, out of action. But so th- th- that day is gone. That has moved on. There's more inclusiveness in sport. There's more a broad perspective in sport. And there is great tribute. There is great credit due to Cork, the Cork GA board for allowing that to happen and I think given the way it was executed we'll see a lot more of it Yeah I was going to say it's only it's a question now of when not if Munster play there again as you mentioned like a big European game even an Interpro against Leinster around Christmas time sometime would be absolutely a fantastic imagine how electric that would be Well it would and you know it would just be a, for a, it's just a little poignant moment there for a while I'm a very, I was very good friends with Gareth Fitzgerald the CEO of Munster and his biggest thing all the time was to get big matches to Cork mm-hmm. but just as you said it there now the biggest thing he, would, he was trying to get for years was to get Leinster to, to Parky Cueve at Christmas. And with the Christmas spirit, the attitude, the, you know, the atmosphere and Munster Leinster being a huge big deal, particularly that time, uh, it would have been great. So going forward, for his sake and what he tried to do, it, it would be wonderful in that regard as 
as well, you know. Uh, and just on the match itself, Moss, a fantastic monster performance. Uh, the naysayers will say it was just oh, it was South Africa A, but that still contained 14 full Springboks in that starting 15. And monster from the get-go, they were absolutely fantastic to the point where you were wondering, where has this been in the URC since the start of the season? Make no, make no mistake about it. They've had, they had a rough time starting. They've had a lot of injuries and all that. And I think Townsend, um, Rungtree is a good guy, you know, and I think he will come through eventually. He was, you know, he played for Leicester and his history is there and, and he will make it good. But there were some fantastic displays. I mean, this, we had, like, there was about, we were short. There was 13 of the guys in the Irish panel. We have loads of injuries. and But there was guys put their hands up there that, Monster's future is must be good with them. Like I mean, you man Haley, you know, the other day played wonderful rugby. Jack O'Donoghue, the captain, was fantastic. Young Hodnett, Kindellan, like Coombs there, who was taking terrible punishment this season. They stood up there the other night and they became men, you know. And you know, fellas were saying it was only a friendly and all that, like. But I can tell you, South Africa don't like losing. They're a tough bunch and. As you say, 14 internationals, full-fledged Springboks, fellas trying to get into the test team for next Saturday. I mean, they were trying, like, but we humbled them and we matched them where they... And they, they, they couldn't go anywhere because we matched them physically up front. South Africa, as we know, were one way, one route, mm-hmm. one line, straight down the middle. We matched them in the scrums and we fronted up and tackled in the middle of the field. You man Frisk and Rory Scannell in the middle of the field. They stood up. And the one thing I would say, because as well, I mean, and it, this full of Ben Healy, like, I mean, he, he was majestic, Rory, the other mm-hmm. evening. And, like, he, he's in the pecking order. And he has that little bit of physicality. Like, he stood up to the South Africans on the advantage line, tackled like his life depended on it. No, he distributed and kicked beautifully. But his actual physicality in the 10 position showed that he'd be able to stand up at the full level and lead a line or lead a defensive line, you know, so... It was a fantastic performance from a, an understrength monster team that showed wonderful courage and resonated of times past. Yeah, it certainly did. And the atmosphere, yeah. as you mentioned, Moss, was just incredible. Uh, no more so than when, when Simon Zebo went over in the corner into the Black Rock end. You couldn't make that up. The Black Rock boy scoring into the Black Rock end in the first rugby games we played in Parky Cueve. What a moment that was. What a moment and what a guy to do it. I mean, he's from Black Rock, you know, which kind of added to the emotion of it. And, He's a showman, like a wonderful player. Now he's he's coming to the twilight of his career, like. But he is a wonderful talent, and for him to get it and the way he did it, and he, you know, the swan dive over the line, and he points to the jersey and up to the crowd and thumbs up, like he he's a showman, a wonderful character. I was absolutely thrilled. I mean, that was we, you know, I I, I nearly missed it because the crowd got up in front of me, but I, <laughs> I saw him the swan dive. Everyone was ecstatic, and he he's a great guy, a great performer, and a wonderful talent. And, he came from our own and, you know, I suppose when you look at it, like he played hurling for Black Rock and rugby for Carcon and he scored in the Black Rock end. I mean, <laughs> dreams are made of that stuff. Yeah, it was just a magical, magical night all around. Certainly one I'm not going to forget uh, in a hurry. Moss, as always, a pleasure talking to you today. Thank you very much indeed, sir. And we'll chat to you soon. Very good, Ross. Thank you. Thank you, Moss. Uh, always a pleasure speaking to the legend that is Moss Finn. If there's a Mount Rushmore of Big Red Bench guests, he is the first person on it. Um, an absolute hero. Uh, great to talk to him and you just hear how happy he was with that Munster win, that Munster performance and Munster being in Porky Cueve on Thursday night. What an occasion that was. I'm not going to forget it in a hurry. And now next, what will the next Munster game be in Porky Cueve? Because it's a question of when, not if. Thursday night seemed to be a tremendous success. Traffic getting into the ground, I suppose, it was rough shower and stuff like that it was it was, it was 
tricky getting to the ground, but getting out it was fine. Um, yeah, can't wait for another Munster game, another sold out Munster game at Parky Cueve. And how cool would it be to to have Leinster there around Christmas time? It would be absolutely incredible. I just got to hear briefly from uh, Coach Graham Roundtree. Um, afterwards, he spoke to the Assembly Media. Um, I was there for that. And a uh, very, very happy man after that Munster performance and that Munster win. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's a special night for the club, a special night for the guys individually, and a special night for the club. And a lot of people worked exceptionally hard to get this game organised at this famous stadium. And the support was brilliant, wasn't it? And the weather wasn't the best. Um, but brilliant you know that's going to give us a shot shot in the arm moving forward into the the next batch of games you said on Tuesday that it was a game that you wanted that you were looking forward to and that maybe you needed I mean firstly as an, as an occasion did it surpass your expectations that's a good question though. no it didn't actually I had a feeling it would be like that given how quickly it sold out given the support given the history of the support we've had in these in these games against international opposition so no, I wasn't surprised, um, but I'm just so proud of everyone involved. And did the team surpass your expectations? Um, no, I, I, as I've said constantly, I can see what we've been doing, and there's been elements coming out in the game, but you saw a team that went out there and played from the get-go. I thought the balance to a game was really good. Do you, do you believe tonight's performance will carry weight from, from Munster in, in what we call regular tournaments, be it URC or Champions Cup? It has to. It has to be a springboard. I just spoke to the lads there. It has to be a springboard now, going forward, giving us a real confidence. Because that, that was a proper game. That's Graham Roundtree there speaking after Munster's incredible win um, in Parky Cueve on Thursday night. There's 40, what, nearly 42,000 people there on Thursday. Whoever was there, are, they're just not going to forget it. It was just brilliant great performance and like the occasion itself was just incredible and then for Munster to turn in that performance was sensational Munster coming out um, to the Cranberry Zombie and the, the, the Fields of Atten Rye blaring around the second night look it was just it, it was an incredible night I'm absolutely delighted um, to have been there for it we're right, going to turn our attention to Gaelic Games next uh, Nemo Rangers in action about 45 minutes going to hear from their boss Paula Donovan and uh, we're going to hear from Martina O'Brien the Cork legend announcing her retirement this week the Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Rory here with you on the Big Red Bench. Half time in the evening kickoff. Newcastle and Chelsea scoreless. In fact, the second half has just gotten underway there. Wolves and Arsenal is a quarter to eight. Going to turn our attentions to Gaelic Games. Quarter past seven tonight. Nemo Rangers and Clamel Commercials going head to head in the Monster Club Championship. Jeremy McCarthy is there. We'll have reaction on tomorrow evening's show. First though, Aidan's been speaking to Nemo boss, Paula Donovan. All right, Nemo Rangers are back in action um, this evening uh, at Parky Cueve as we're listening to this. Uh, they're taking on Clonmel Commercials in the Munster Club Championship. Their manager, Paula Donovan, is joining me on the line. Paul, I suppose, um, like with any team that goes into, into the Munster Club Championship and you've plenty of experience of it, a uh, fairly hectic couple of weeks, um, starting off with a, a fantastic win in Parky Cueve uh, against St Finbar's to, to take home the uh, Premier Senior Football title? Yeah, obviously, um, delighted with the win. Um, it was probably our best performance of the year and just at the right time as well. Um, subsequently, we've had uh, junior hurling quarterfinals uh, last weekend, so we've had little time to prepare for this game. But that's the way it goes, and uh, we're not making excuses. Uh, we're looking forward to the game. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can turn up with the same attitude and energy that we had against the Bears. 
you, you told us after the game about the, the, the work you've done this year and going four nights a week and all of that so I suppose are you hoping that will take care of the lack of preparation in, in the last couple of weeks that that'll kick in and you almost have the work done already yeah, obviously we've a, we've a big bank of um, training done now and our fitness levels are good and you're not going to improve much now uh, at this time of the year fitness levels so I'm happy where we are fitness-wise it's just to try and get the um, if you like now just try and get the attitude right for the game and get fellas focused we've had little time to do that but it is what it is and um, you can't swap um, the success we've had in hurling and marry it in with the football that we've had this year as well you know Absolutely. Um, for yourself, uh, I suppose, as the manager, and wh- when the lads go and they win a county title, and straight away we heard Luke Connolly say how you know you, you want to judge yourselves off how you do on the club championship. How much leeway do you, do you give the lads to go away and celebrate that? You know, because it's a fantastic achievement to go in a, a county title. And uh, look, I suppose you know a lot of the guys have, have experience of winning titles, but how, how much leeway do you give them to go celebrate that and enjoy it? And then when when uh, Coming back then to, into the Munster Club Championship and trying to get them back down to Ark, maybe a small bit as well to, to to prepare. Yeah, I suppose we had the bank holiday weekend. The weekend that was in us, so obviously we we enjoyed the, the Sunday night and the Monday. It had been, a, I suppose, a, our last county title win, um, which was the delayed final of 2020. We didn't get a really a chance to celebrate it because of the COVID. So I think we kind of let the hair down this time, all right, certainly on the Sunday and the Monday. But our hurlers were out on the Tuesday night training, and I think um, our footballers were back out then on the Thursday. So uh, we were back down to earth fairly lively, and um, we've been focusing on this game now, and hopefully, as I say, just I think it's this weekend is all about getting our heads right and getting focused. Clanmill commercials again uh, you faced them a couple of times down through the years um, with uh, contrasting results uh, of course uh, you know uh, losing to them on one occasion and, and beating them uh, in, in 2019 wasn't it uh, so it's a four you faced before yeah so I suppose in 2015 they caught us with the goal down in Mallow in the last kick of the game and then in 2019, um, we played them down down Garvin. I think we won 15 points to six or something like that. Uh, but that was a comfortable win for us in the heavy conditions in Dungarvan. This this game coming up now, um, definitely, I suppose, the, the pitch is going to have a huge bearing. It's, it's such a good pitch. It, it kind of lends itself to good football and good play. So I, I'd imagine both teams look forward to it. They'll have the confidence of coming in with the last time Tip team played Cork was the Munster final a couple of years back and, and Tip had a great win. A lot of those guys would have been playing. So they have that confidence. And plus they had a, an easy campaign, barred their semi-final in Tipperary. Uh, so they're coming in full of confidence, I'd imagine, much the same as ourselves. Are you hoping then that, like you said, the performance he gave in the final, that will stand to you going into this? Well, it certainly gave us confidence. There's no doubt about that. That um, it was our best performance of the year. Um, we had been we had a good semi-final against Pan and Colleague and a good win against a good team. Um, but I suppose that uh, we were always going to be judged on how we did against the Bears in the final. And I was delighted that we gave such a good performance. But at this time of the year, now, the competition is such that you need to put in that performance every time. 
it's it's almost a small bit surreal you know I'd be heading to Porky Cueve for the match and Thursday night just gone by then a huge rugby match 42,000 people there and a quick turnaround for for the pitch staff and everything like that the pitch looked to hold up really really well uh, in the in the Munster South Africa game uh, <laughs> again uh, another strange uh, a strange sentence to string together you know the Munster South Africa game before Nemo yeah. Rangers uh, club championship game but uh, yeah it's uh, I suppose uh, a sign of, of uh, what a magnificent venue it is and a privilege I suppose to be going out there uh, and playing Clamell commercials in the club championship It is of course and a great credit to the Cock County Board for managing the situation with the rugby and with us playing now on, on Saturday night and make the pitch available to us so we're delighted with that it's, it probably gives us a bit of an edge if you like that it's our fourth game there in a row and um, we're getting more and more familiar with it and more and more used to it and um, the pitch is definitely one of the best in the country um, I haven't had the privilege of being in Croke Park uh, watching a game so I haven't I haven't seen that surface if you like up close yeah. but um, Parky Feeve is absolutely superb great venue for the game and we're delighted that uh, the, the county board made it available to us um, I suppose then like Luke Connolly and and players after the game said how important it is now to to go and attack that Munster Club Championship is that the aim to go and and, and win a Munster title at least? Yeah of course Um, we have a great history in the Munster Club Championship Um, we didn't have the opportunity to play the last time out because the competition finished at the county final Um, so this is our 22nd um, venture into Munster if you want to call it that and we've had great success 17 wins so um, we've a great tradition we've a great history in it uh, we're absolutely proud to be representing Cork and we'll be giving it everything we have Well Paulo Donovan from everyone here on the Big Red Bench we wish you the very best of luck thanks a million for joining us Thank you very much Ed Yeah indeed very best of luck to Nemo Rangers tonight 7.15 the start time for that game down in Porky Quay follow at Big Red Bench on Twitter Jeremy McCarthy will keep you right up to date across the course of the evening and we'll have the reaction on tomorrow evening's show at 6pm Speaking of Jeremy McCarthy the hardest working person in the business as we like to call him around here he has been speaking to Martina O'Brien the Cork legend announcing her retirement this week um, captaining the county in 2021 for all Ireland's uh, titles in uh, goal for the Rebels um, decided to uh, step away um, winning six National League titles uh, six Munster crowns as well at a Rebel <laughs> the list of achievements it's just absolutely incredible uh, an absolute Cork legend uh, but uh, has now hung up her gloves uh, Jura has been speaking to Martin O'Brien now, it is a real thrill to be joined on the line by former Cork LGFA senior goalkeeper, multiple Munster and All-Ireland winner, LGFA Team of the Year recipient, um, Martina O'Brien. Martina, first of all, thanks very much for joining us on the Big Red Bench and uh, you have decided to hang up the gloves after a glittering career. <laughs> thanks for having me. Yeah, um, I have, I suppose, uh, it's uh, about time. Ten years is a long time to be, uh, to play, be playing into county football, so... Um, made the decision to kind of step away and concentrate on other things, I suppose, um, as life moves on. But uh, no, uh, absolutely, you know, I can't. I have no complaint about my 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 time, my time there, and um, like there's so many memories and um, made so many friends, and you know, it's it's a sad a sad moment at times, but um, I think the decision is the right one, and um, I've 
so many things to be grateful for that, that football has given me, um, especially into county football, I suppose. So um, I look back at those with fond, with fond memories, really. Yeah, I mean, uh, you were part of my book, Cork LGFA, Game of My Life, uh, one of the players featured in that book, uh, available in all good bookstores and on Amazon, he said, never missing an opportunity to promote it. But um, <laughs> from speaking to you about your career, and it, you, you say 10 years, but you've been on the road a long time, uh, Martina, it's not an easy decision, I would imagine, to, to come to this point uh, because you've been part of the Cork setup for so long. But why now? I mean, you said other things happening in your life from your business point of view. You know, I mean, obviously things, you know, life goes on out off the pitch. I'm well aware of that and people are. But for somebody that's been such an important member of the Cork LGFA senior setup, it can't have been an easy decision for you. Um, and, and what is it now like in your in your business, in your personal life, you know, that you need to focus on? Yeah, I suppose... Um I came, like, uh, when we finished the 2021 season, I suppose, like, that that season finished so harshly for us, I suppose, the, the way we lost to Mead and whatnot. Um, being captain that year as well, I suppose, it just, it did hit really hard. So I kind of had come to the decision starting the 2022 season that it was going to be my last, um, kind of no matter what happened, if we won, if we lost, if we did, whatever. Um, so kind of at the start of the year, I, I knew going into it, it was, it was going to be my last that I was going to give anyway. Um, so, do you know what? I suppose I had a year to kind of fill myself up to, to, to the whole thing. Um, and like that, I, I just think it has, has become um, very difficult to juggle work and playing now. Um, it's just time commitments for both are just too much. I'm self-employed, um, physical therapist. So, run my own business. Uh, I, I just don't have the time to be, I suppose, giving to football at this stage now when my business is maybe pulling me in the other direction um, and look I, I suppose I gave football all my time for, for so long and um, it's time I kind of handed the handed the baton over to the younger girls and, and said uh, you know t- take it on now girls and, and do what you can but um, look it, it, as you were saying like the decision wasn't an easy one and, and you can never come to a decision like that easy because it is your life. It's it's you breed it. Like every day, you're thinking about what do I do to make myself better to play football, and um, what am I doing? Am I am I my nutrition is my training, and am I getting enough rest? So I suppose I, I'm will be turning about I'll be turning to three soon. So um, the body too kind of taught me. You know, you, you don't have much time left. So um, there was a lot of things in it, and um, look, I'm happy with my decision anyway, and I think. I think uh, there's a good group of girls coming anyway that can kind of uh, take the baton and take it on. Yeah, just a couple of things on that. There certainly is um, a, a new breed of footballer coming through the Cork ranks and you are one of the more experienced players on the setup. but I still think you have a lot to give and uh, I mean, I'm just saying that from a personal level, having watched you much, uh, for club and for county over the last 10 years um, and also from speaking recently to Shane Ronan and I think it's fair to say, Martina, he has left the door open to you and anybody else uh, that might be thinking of stepping away in the next couple of weeks and months because as you said, it, it, it isn't an easy decision but look, life takes over. But um, to hear the current Cork manager say that, I think uh, is is I think is an endorsement of what he thinks of you, both on and off the pitch, and certainly inside in the dressing room. And you've been lucky in that you've played for some fantastic managers down through the years. Um, you know, and lucky as well that you've been part of some very very successful Cork teams, and unlucky then, as you said, to come very very close in recent times. There's a lot of memories in there. But from your own point of view, how lucky and how, how thankful are you for the managers that you've played with uh, when wearing wearing the Cork jersey? Oh, like, I suppose, going back to when I started and came on to the panel in 2013, like, I 
I it was really a stroke of luck that I actually I suppose got onto the panel that time. It was just through a kind of nearly an injury crisis in the goalkeeping position, and, and Aline was going away at the time, so I I got the call. I was the lucky one, I suppose, and I I thank thankfully now that I I kind of put my head down and worked hard and managed to make the position mine for for the time that I was there. Um, but like that was down to the players around me and and the management that were there as well and. As you said, like the past managers, like of course you'd have to mention Eamon Reinder. He he is the best. Um, he was the best manager I've ever worked with, and it was just I suppose everything that he brought to the table. Um, his mannerisms, the way he just worked with everybody, it just all fit into place, you know. Um, and then look, I suppose when he stepped down and and if he took the reins, and we worked with a lot of coaches as well. I suppose I worked with a lot of coaches over the over the years and. Every single one of them, I've learned something from and I take something from them. Um, and I really do appreciate all the time and efforts that they've put in. And it, even even though we didn't win, I suppose we didn't win in All-Ireland since 2016, but like the time that those coaches put in, um, very grateful for that. And we had some good times. I know we didn't get what we needed out of it, but I think our football, um, as much as we, we wanted to keep winning, I think we still had, we, we were still at the top table there for, for many years and making semi-finals and finals. Um, so looking back now, I can say, you know, we did well um, at the time. We weren't, we weren't happy with what was, what, how we were, how we were faring. But like looking back now, we really were, we were punching, you know, for, for times there. Um, and I think uh, coming to now, uh, there's such a good crop of young girls. Um, they just need a bit of time as well, you know. And look, Shane and the management are in there now and they're trying to, they're trying to work their own system with girls. So um, I think it's the future is bright for, for the Cork, Cork ladies football. And um, I was lucky enough, I suppose, to come in at a time when I when they, we were very, it was a, we were a very established team. And I learned so much from, from the, those girls that won 10 All-Irelands, 11 All-Irelands, and, and was able to, I suppose, take that on in and maybe impart some knowledge to the, the girls that are there now. But... Um, yeah, look, all great memories. So many memories. I don't, I don't, I actually can't pick one out. Um, I suppose obviously the, the few years that we won there in 2014 would have to be a big one, and, and last time we won in 2016 was great as well. But even those those years that we didn't win anything, um, or that we weren't winning all Ireland, I will take fond memories from that because it's a cliche, but like uh, it's the journey really. Like when you finish up, you kind of go right. It's actually the the fun that you had at training, going to matches. Um, it's all that. That, that you appreciate and that you will miss. Um, yeah, playing the matches and all is, is great, but it's it's and winning is great, but it, it really is the people around you and and the environment that that was there. That's what I miss most. And that's very well put. Can I give you one other memory from July 13, 2013 in Castletown Roach, a Munster LGFA Senior Championship final between Cork and Kerry, which Kerry won 116 to 115 because that's the the game that we spoke about for the book, Cork to LGFA game in my life because it was your debut. Um, obviously, disappointing that Cork lost. You've mentioned the fact that you're going to miss days like that. You mentioned the fact that you're going to miss the dressing room. Um, you're To me, you're a natural born leader. You've been captain of so many teams and with good reason. Is coaching something you've had a chance to think about, Martina? Is it something when work, you know, and you're very, very busy, I appreciate that, and you're playing football for Clannacilty and you're playing Camogie, I presume still for Ballinascarty, I hope you are anyway. <laughs> very good. <laughs> Is coaching something that you've thought about or you just haven't had time to think about or is it something that you might, you're thinking to yourself, yeah, you know, that's something I might want to get involved with down the line? Um, I suppose it's not something I've overly thought about, I suppose, 
um, not when I was, was playing, but it was in the last kind of couple of months and knowing that I wasn't going to be um, maybe involved with Intercounty and that coaching would be something that I'd like to get into. Now, um, I don't know. I always think I don't have the te- temperament for it, but you never know. Um, I would, I, I definitely would like to kind of dabble in it and, and maybe even observe for a while and, and like kind of even observing different sports and um, kind of kind of like drawing from other things. Um, but I definitely, I, I, I definitely will get and hopefully we'll get involved with kind of more even just goalkeeping side of coaching and, and really kind of um, kind of working with, with already goalkeeper coaches that are out there and, and maybe observing them because I do think um, all the coaches that I work with, goalkeeper coaches have been absolutely fantastic and outstanding. They all brought something to me and helped me in some way um, and I just would like to be able to do that for future future goalkeepers because I do think it's it's a and I suppose I'm very biased here because I've played the position all my life but it's a it's a really specialised position I think and, and now that it's probably be, become more important I think having a coach in that position even for club players is quite important so I would I'd like to dabble in that for a while and um Definitely. Look, it it'll be it would be I suppose an aspiration of mine maybe to get into coaching and and being involved with teams because I just think that environment is fantastic and it's yes as a player um you have a different focus I suppose but I would be observing um coaches and managers through my job as well when I'd be working uh, pitch side physio and it's it's that environment that that you crave and that um I definitely would like to get involved with in maybe coaching side because you it's it's probably just the next step is just being the player on the pitch but being the coach and being the manager or being part of that um, set up is the next best thing so um, yeah no it, it's definitely probably something I'll think about but um, maybe leave that to next year <laughs> Fair point um, Look you've won what six National Division 1 titles six Munster medals four All-Irelands you've been involved in so many great great days um, with Cork also with West Cork and also with your clubs Clonakilty and Balanascarty I know how important those clubs are to you Will it be weird, Marty? Sorry, how weird will it be the first day Cork or even in pre-season now getting ready and you're not there? Is it coming into your mind? I mean, I'm not trying to second guess you here, but I mean, every player has doubts as soon as they make the decision and they cut the card and they go off to do the things they want to do. Um, how weird do you think it will be when, you, when you're when you watching the build-up to the Cork games and you're not involved? Yeah, I, I think, um, like I was, I was chatting to a few girls about this and... Um, it is like they're they're back train like doing their little bits or whatever and, and to be honest I don't miss it at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I never I never enjoy those pre seasons but um it is it probably won't hit me now till till kind of like January, February, you know when they're back maybe first league match um and they're kinda of getting into the the, the the business side of things in Munster Championship and, and in All Ireland series. But I don't I, I really don't think it'll hit me then. Um because I think now at this stage, I'm I'm nearly fatigued just from maybe uh, training from you know you've been training since January or before, so I'm kind of like my body needs a bit of, a bit of time off. So that's Martino O'Brien there, the Cork goalkeeping legend, announcing her retirement earlier on this week. And in conversation there with Jerry McCarthy, we will have the extended version of that interview available on the Women in Sport podcast this coming Thursday on redfm.ie subscribe to the Big Red Bench on your podcast provider and you'll get it there we are massively out of time we'll talk to you tomorrow folks Stevie's up next enjoy your Saturday Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie Cork's Red FM